My name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips, success strategies, and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now, please do like, share, and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening, and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. My guest today is Pim Van Barsen. Now, Pim has been involved in motorsport ever since his first postgrad role in the Motorsports Association. Today, he's a CEO of Silverstone Technology Cluster and the co-founder of CMA Marketing, which is an agency that specializes in technical B2B marketing. I love his passion and his sense of humor, and I can't wait to hear his thoughts today. Pim, welcome. How are you doing in lockdown? I am good, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Nice to be here. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you. Well, we always start the podcast, Pim, with what I call the shake your pom-poms moment. So this is about you celebrating your own successes. And I'd like to firstly understand, what are your three proudest moments? Okay, so I think one of the proudest moments sort of early on came kind of at at university because I went to a university that had a double degree program with uh, Plymouth. So I went to an Amsterdam university and they had a double degree program. But the way that worked is that they had a a limited number of places available at different places. And the higher your grades were, the the earlier you could pick where you wanted to go. So pretty early on, it, it was kind of a case of like, well, you know, there were only 10 places available at Plymouth. So I was kind of like, right, I need to be in the top 10 of all the students in order to make sure I go to Plymouth because that's really where I wanted to go. Because I, I set myself to go to develop a career in England and I figured a, a degree from a, an English-based university would help with that. So yeah. um, that's kind of why I placed the, the, why I went for the double degree thing. So when I managed that, so when I managed to get, you know, one of the first few picks and, and was able to pick Plymouth, that, that was pretty cool because it kind of meant that all the work I put in kind of paid off. So that was yeah. good stuff. Obviously, um, landing some of the jobs that I've landed were were cool moments. I think I did a project when I was at the Motorsport Industry Association where I started, where we we put together a pavilion, a, a motorsport pavilion at the Farnborough Air Show, and that was the first time ever they had a non aerospace sector present at the show and we all also organized some demonstration runs and even a race between a drag car and a plane and all that sort of stuff oh um, wow so kind of managing to put all pull all of that off without it turning into a complete another shambles was <laughs> was good i really sort of enjoyed that so yeah so those those are kind of like a couple of the, of the top moments i suppose also even within the sdc because we you know we do we do a lot of work for our members and things and sort of for for members to to renew and be very happy with the service that we've provided and how we help them and stuff. I mean, that, that feels really good. That's, mm-hmm. that's really good stuff because you want to know that, you know, when, you know, when you do your best for people that, you know, that's appreciated and it actually leads to some results. And when you get that feedback that it does, 
That's right. So that so kind I think of building advocacy. Three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's about three, right? So yeah, it is three. Yeah. And what I love about the first one is this idea that you set your sights on something. So it was very kind of outcome based, and you then headed towards it and made it happen. And I always yeah, love that. So that's that's kind of based on on kind of my philosophy because I I kind of do believe that if you really want to achieve something that you can achieve it. I mean, obviously, you know, there's lots of people starting at different starting points and and all that sort of stuff. But if you really want something, it's it's kind of like you know, identify the steps that you need to take to get there, and then go in and and achieve that, and go and do that. And I I do believe that that's that's kind of like uh, available to everybody and a key for everybody. And so just, you know, without wishing to become very political or philosophical or that sort of stuff, I actually think one of the most important things in life and for kids as, as well is to discover what it is that you want to do and find that thing that really switches you on. Yeah. Um, because my, my whole thing was based on, because sort of growing up as a child, I had quite a bit of information. I had, you know, I had lots of different, you know, uh, jobs and paper rounds and I worked in the kitchen and all that sort of nonsense. And so I had quite a lot of information, all the stuff that wasn't really for me and that I didn't really want to do. And and so I kind of really started to look for, well, what is the bit that I enjoy? Because, you know, if I'm going to do my job and that's the thing I'm, I'm doing most. And, you know, my my parents, so my dad had his own construction company and my mom worked with him. And so running your own business is obviously highly involved and takes off an awful lot of your time. And so I kind of witnessed that and I was kind of like, okay, so if I'm going to be doing a job for that amount of time, it needs to be something that I enjoy doing. So what is it that I would enjoy doing like for the rest of my life? Yeah. Um, and so I kind of like put some real work into to discover that. And then obviously I took the steps to, to try and achieve that. And I think for youngsters, I think it's really valuable to to do that sort of thing. You know, it's like take a lot of jobs and go to a lot of different things and experience a lot of stuff because even if you do a job and you're going to go this is awful I don't want to do this but that's kind of like that's great because then don't make your career in that and so I think I think it's all about finding what it is that switches you on and and what would make you happy and then go and pursue that and using that experimentation as the method because it's really difficult isn't it to sit there at the beginning with a blank piece of paper and, and work out what you want to do without as you say trying things and experiencing things yeah exactly I mean I don't it doesn't work to wake up one Monday morning and go, oh, I know, I'll, I'll be an architect. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it needs to be more than that. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, I think it took me sort of a number of years to kind of go like, no, actually, you know, if, if I did get involved in, in like motorsport and advanced engineering and stuff, yeah, I would really enjoy that. That's exciting yeah. stuff. And it, it, it's kind of, you know, an aim of something that really interested me because I've always been a motorsport fan um, to, to kind of go from, okay, well, that's a cool, you know, sort of passion slash interest slash hobby. Let's see if I can make them my job. And, and um, you know, I think that's the sort of thing that people should try and, and work on. It's like, you know, just discover what, what it is that switches you on. Because one of my friends that I did some work with when I was at the agency, um, when he was at school, he, he was like a, a troubled child. And, and you know, he, he was very badly regarded and, um, you know, didn't get good grades and all that sort of stuff. And people gave, kind of gave up on him a little bit. But then it's kind of like by chance, he happened to come across a professional kitchen and then he was like, oh, this is quite interesting. So he then managed to basically work his way up from effectively a pot washer to chef up until the point where he became the, the private chef on the Gucci family yacht. Wow. For a couple <laughs> of years. And from the money he made with that, he set up his own Michelin star restaurant. 
And so you kind of go like, well, so here's a guy who, you know, according to the system, wasn't going to do very well at all. But when he found a bit that worked for him and, and that switched them on, he just really went for it and, and pursued it and, and achieved some amazing things. And, and for me, it's kind of like, well, surely that needs to be the key. So why, why don't we push our kids more to help mm-hmm. them to find what it is that really sparks them and really makes them fly and then help them pursue that? Is that passion into purpose? And, and you've yeah. done that. And so I'm really um, keen to hear all about your career because, you know, when you sent me through the information and when we've chatted, it is a career that has had motorsport at its heart all the way through. So t- just talk to me about sort of, you know, how that started. You talked about your double degree and then and then how that's flourished from there. Yeah, well, so so like I said, I mean, I, I, I kind of try to tee everything up to to end up in motorsport because I had identified that that's what I want to do. So whenever there was like a school project and you could write on anything, I would always relate it back to motorsport. Um, so even if it was like, you know, cultural interchange studies or something, I would talk about, you know, the difference between Japanese Formula One fans and Italian Formula One fans or, or some rubbish like that. Um, and, and I kind of did the, the same thing because I, I followed up the double degree with a master's degree. And I was kind of like, okay, well, I'll, I'll do my dissertation about motorsport, obviously. because What I, was your I, master's I, in? Sorry? What was the master's in? International business. And so I did it about kind of like the commercial, commercial future in Formula One. Because at that point, there was a really big thing about cigarette advertising not being allowed anymore. And, you know, how they would deal with replacing that and things. And then kind of, you know, I was kind of like, well, actually, I'll, I'll make my uh, dissertation technique based on interviews. Because at that point, I'll get in front of a lot of people and interview them. And then obviously, I'll ask them for a job afterwards. Um, <laughs> obviously. <and> obviously. <laughs> And so, and so I worked quite hard uh, together with my dissertation supervisor to, to try and get interviews. I, I managed to interview um, Chris Ayler at the MIA. And then, yeah, eventually, after some battering, I should imagine, he did end up offering me a job and I started there. So, so that was great. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't quite as nefarious or pre-planned as that, but it did, it did kind of work out that way. And I, I did think, well, wouldn't it be good if we could get in front of these people? Because then maybe one of them would feel inspired or pity or whatever it is to... <laughs> try and give me a job <laughs> um so so that I mean that's worked out and, and and that was really good fun and now your your role that you have today tell me a little bit more about that yeah so the the Silverstone Technology Cluster is an organization that is set up to support advanced engineering electronics and software businesses uh in the Silverstone area so that's anywhere within an hour driving time so there's there's about between three and a half and four and a half thousand businesses who are involved in that Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we help them with things like promotion and business growth. And we, we try to bring people together, encourage them to collaborate. So there's, there's a number of collaborative projects out there that we help, the, help on. We organize a lot of, well, in, a, in the normal world, <laughs> as it was, uh, we organize a lot of events to bring people together and help them with networking. And there's a lot of sort of liaison that I do as well. So, uh, for instance, we, you know, we're in touch with the people at Heathrow and they occasionally contact me and say, hey, Pim, you know, this is, this is something that, you know, we need some help with or we don't understand or, or, or we want to get some expertise in. Do you know people who can do that? And then obviously I refer members into them and things. And there's a number of other companies that we do that for as well. Mm. And then obviously there's a lot of members that, that come to me and say, hey, Ben, do you know somebody who, you know, does X, Y, Z? And inevitably I do and, and bring them together. So so a lot of it is about, you know, helping the companies sort of grow um, and network and, and, you know, move to the next level and, and, and prosper, which is, which is really good. I get to meet the most interesting people. So it's, yeah. it's great. 
and you're great at connecting and you're, you're really warm in your in the way that you connect so I'm sure that that's a big contributor to your success as is this make it happen mindset that you've got and I think one of the things that you know I ask of people on the podcast is you've obviously achieved lots of success and, and I'm interested to know whether there's been adversity along the way that has helped to drive you in in creating that success and if so what was the adversity and how did you deal with it? Well, that's actually a good question. I mean there was a period after sort of university when I was in, in England where you know I couldn't find a job um, and so basically I was forced to go back to Holland and live with my brother for a while. That and that wasn't the the, the hardship. My brother's a lovely man and he's very supportive, so that's all good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm I don't I'm not really sure that I, I identify things in that sort of way. You know, I certainly wouldn't sit around and kind of go, oh my God, you know, I'm in trouble here or, you know, I'm really depressed now or or anything like that. It's it's kind of more like, well, you know, I'm I'm pushing towards this goal and it's something that I want to achieve. And if the route I was originally going to go down is not available, then what other route is there? You know, try to identify what that is and then pursue that. So I don't really remember any specific times where, you know, I would sit around and go, oh, my God, I don't know what to do next. Or, you know, this is not working out at all or I want to give up or any of that sort of stuff. I, I can't really think of any situations where that's really occurred, See, which may real. just means that I'm, I've been really lucky. I don't know. <laughs> or, or that you're really skilled in being resilient because what you've just suggested there is it's not always gone your way in terms of the pursuit of the goal but when that occurs and you hit the wall you just find another way to go around the wall or go over the wall yeah well I, yeah I, I agree with that because I've you know there's, there's there's no point sitting around crying about stuff because that's not helpful so you know you just continually look for ways to achieve what it is that you want to achieve and and go and have a go with that so so yeah you know there haven't been many times where i would sit around and feel you know um depressed or worried or or, or blocked it's it's kind of more of a okay well that's not working so how are we going to do it now then and and yeah try to think of that way so yeah maybe so what's your view of making mistakes how do you kind of look at that when things go wrong i don't like making mistakes for sure but you know, as a human being, you do. And I think the biggest problem that if you do make a mistake is when you don't learn from it. Yeah. Because I think it's kind of, I try to do that with, with the people that I work with as well. You know, it's making the mistake is not really the problem. It's it's kind of owning up to it. It's, it's identifying it and it's it's helping to resolve it. That's that's the key. That's the key thing. So the making of a mistake is, is kind of like, well, you know, that can happen. It's not ideal, obviously, and, and you yeah. should try not to make them. But if it has happened, then, you know, try to get on top of it quickly, try to identify it quickly um, and, and try to work towards resolving it. And it's it's if people don't do that last bit, I think that's where, where the real troubles are. Yeah, totally um, and so, you know, I've always tried to be open um, and honest with people, because even when I when I took on sort of young people, it's kind of like, you know, if you make a mistake, that's not necessarily the end of the world. But you know, help me identify it early and then let's see what we can do about it. You know, not telling me and hoping it will go away. That's <laughs> a real problem, you know. So, um, so yeah, so it, it's very much a, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of comes back to, to the things that we talked about previously. It's like, okay, so we, we've encountered an obstacle or something's gone wrong. So what can we do to get around that and, and resolve it, you know? Yeah. 
so that real kind of growth mindset and actually what you're what you're saying there is as a leader it's really important that you help your teams and your people deal with mistakes in the right way too and not just how you deal with them as an individual yeah well it's it's a combination of that because you know people are different and they respond to different things and you know i, I mean i try to be helpful in as much as i can and try to be supportive and, and all that sort of stuff but yeah it's 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 kind of like identifying you know sort of how people work um and i think it's a mutual thing as well because you know i am by no means perfect and and you know occasionally things go wrong with me as well or i say the wrong thing or that sort of stuff <laughs> um, i mean obviously i'm dutch i'm super Aren't correct so I get I get that quite a lot, um, and so it's 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 kind of a sort of you know I think it needs to be a mutual understanding where you know if there's if there's respect and and trust there on on either side and and the feeling that you know together you can solve stuff I think that's kind of like the key to it so that's that's normally how I'd like to do things if I can and and apart from motorsport what mm-hmm. kind of drives and motivates you to get up every day and and do what you do. Well, I really like what I do and it's, it's you know, I, I get to meet, you know, the most interesting people, as, as I said, which is obviously a great thing. Yeah, um, I think that's it. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I kind of consider myself successful in, in that, you know, I've managed to find a job that I really enjoy. And so, and so it's good to do that, you know, and that, that really helps. Um, I mean, it, it's, it does take off kind of more time than it ought to, I suppose. So it doesn't leave much time for hobbies and all that sort of stuff. And I, I should be better at that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 the fact that I enjoy what I do. That mm. that is what makes makes it work. Really. And are there days when you feel pressured or stressed um, in the work that you do, and and how do you kind of handle that and, and make sure that you're taking care of your well being through those times? I mean, I, I, I'm not sure I'm particularly good at that. I mean, of course, of course, there's days that um, you know you feel under pressure, or you feel stressed, um, or, or any of that sort of stuff. Um, and certainly in, in our current situation now, more so than than normal. But it's it's you know again it kind of comes to like well okay well let's you know let's try to tackle that head on and 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 try to deal with that. I mean in terms of sort of mental well being, I mean I do try to you know give my mind breaks and things. So you know I I write and I read and I do try to you know place my brain in in a different mode just so that we don't think about work all the time. So so yeah it's it's trying to find a balance sort of between that yeah so the placing your brain in a different mode you do that by reading and then you mentioned writing what sort of things do you write about okay well so I have this incredibly long-running project where I'm trying to write a fantasy novel or really oh, wow. but this has been going on forever um, and it's <laughs> it's it's less about you know hey I'm gonna you know write a book and, and become the next JK Rowling or something like that it's it's more about how much fun it is to create a different world. And I mean, escaping that sounds a bit dramatic, but it's kind of like when you immerse yourself in that, it's it's like such a break from the norm. It's actually sort of really fulfilling um, to do. And it's I'm kind of trying to to write the sort of book that I would enjoy reading. Yeah. And should one day I finish it, which may not happen, <laughs> then you know, I mean, of course, it it would be it would be amazing and wonderful if if it could be published published one day but i'm actually not 100 percent sure that that's what it's really about it's it's just been a really fun interesting exercise and a really good um sort of tonic to switch the brain off into something completely different you know so it's been it's been really good fun in in that regard so that's your relaxation time 
Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't actually have that much time to sit down and actually type stuff. But I do, I do think about it and develop concepts and all that sort of stuff. And it's it, that's quite good fun to do, and it's 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 good escapism in that sort of way. And it's it's, I think it's good to give your break, your brain a break like that. Mm-hmm, totally. And what I find really interesting about that is the fact that you know when you're talking at the beginning of the podcast, you're talking about goal setting, setting intentions, seeing the outcomes, going after it. And then when you talk about this book, it's sort of, well, let's see, I don't know whether I want to finish it. I don't know whether it's going to go out there. So there isn't that kind of clear intention driving you to get it finished. It's more just about indulging in it as a way to step out of the busyness of life and get some time for you. Yeah, I think, I mean, in terms of sort of goal setting and, and measuring success and stuff, I think a lot of it is, is um, for me, I think it needs to be about the journey rather than setting specific goals. Because I think if, you, if you're sort of too specific and too clear, you know, it's, it, it could be quite dangerous. I mean, take Boris Becker as an example. I mean, he dreamed of winning Wilmerton in his life and then he achieved it when he was 17. And it's kind of like, well, if you achieve your life's ambition at 17, What's what next? are you going to do then? <laughs> no. Um, and so, and so you always need to be, I think, in a position where you, you look at what's next and, and, you know, make sure that the journey you're on is the one that you want to be on, as opposed to, well, I just need to get to that goal in whatever way, shape, shape, um, possible, um, and in whatever method I can achieve it, because that's what I want. I think it's more about sort of how you get there and what you do along the way. And then also look beyond it, um, you know, because, you know, what, what will you do if you achieve it? Um, you know, and, and, and what will be next? Because, you know, I don't think anybody would, you know, set themselves out to achieve something. And then when they achieve it, stop because, you know, life goes on. Right. So, you yeah, gotta do something. so um, you know, so you're, you're, you should be constantly, you know, resetting your horizons and, and reshaping where you're going. And, and, and with the book, it's kind of like, well, I really enjoyed that journey. And I, I really think it's good fun to do that. I would like to finish it for sure. I just don't know whether I will or, or be able to. But, but yeah, if, if one day I could achieve that, that would be fantastic. But it's, it's, it's the journey that isn't enjoyable yes. about it more than, more than anything else. And I, I do think that's quite, quite important because I think if you focus too much on kind of like finite goal setting, you know, it's, it's. You know, like the Boris Becker example, because he, he did struggle when he when he achieved that. It's kind of like, okay, life ambition yeah. to build the 17. Jesus, what do I do now? Um, and it's, you know, I think you need to be careful of that. And I think you need to be in a position where you always look at, at what's next. Um, but it is very important to enjoy the journey along the way, because if you just set goals and then look for the next thing, you're in, in, in a very real danger where you're never, ever going to be happy because you're always striving for the next totally. thing. And so it's 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 really about that journey yeah. as opposed to just that. Just that and there's, there's often no celebration either in that achievement of the goal because you're relentless in the pursuit of the next one. There's no yeah. kind of pause and, and celebrate. Yeah, so I think that's really important, but it is something that I'm, I'm pretty rubbish at, to be fair. Um, <laughs> and, and it's something that, you know, has been pointed out to me and it's something that... Um, you know, I've become aware of, and and it's something that I I try to put in place, but it's it's still not something I'm particularly good at, and and that's partly because there's always the next sort of shiny thing. Yeah, to move on to. Um, but it's it's um, but I I do agree with you. That's important to do that, and and um, 
you know, it's important to enjoy the journey and, and be satisfied with, with those milestones that you that you do achieve. And there's no harm in, in celebrating those. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's humility that holds people back from that. But sometimes mm. equally, it's that on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, as you've described. Mm. Now, I'm keen to understand what you look for in other people. So, you know, we all have our strengths and we all have the things that we're perhaps not so good at and, and surrounding ourselves with people that can bolster the things that we're not so good at is is often a good strategy. So when you're looking at, at others, what are the traits that you're interested in? Well, that's kind of interesting because, I mean, certainly in terms of recruiting and all that sort of stuff, it's, it's, it's really, you know, you look for that can-do attitude. Yeah. Um, you know, much more so than than qualifications or anything, because it's kind of like, well, I, you know, I can teach you sort of how to do the actual job, uh-huh. um, and so your your desire and your your passion to want to do it kind of far outweighs sort of any technical ability, because yeah. you know the technical ability we can we can help you reach, but if you don't have the desire to go and do it or or the the, the get up and go attitude. It's very difficult to install that. So that's quite interesting. I mean, I suppose, um, you know, sort of looking at the people I admire, um, I do kind of admire perfectionists and things. So, you know, I'm a big <laughs> fan. Um, Alan Pross was my favorite driver. Um, I think Roger Federer is amazing. And so people that, you know, achieve those really rare levels of, of excellence and, and are pretty amazing at that. And you know, do look at the details and work really hard at it and um, and really strive for that perfection. I, I do find that interesting and it's it's something that I try to replicate. Um, obviously, nowhere near on the level of those guys. <laughs> um, but it's, um, you know, it's something I think to, to strive for. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of the sort of thing that, that you look for. Yeah, I admire. And and if you were going to give advice to, let's say, the 15-year-old the version of you, the 15-year-old version of Pim back in the day, who was setting out all fresh and, and you know, wondering what was going to happen in the rest of his life, what would the advice be that you would give Pim? Right, that's a hard question. I uh, know. I mean, realistically, I'm, I'm kind of, because this sounds so awful, I'm kind of really happy with how everything went. So... <laughs> I um, love that. Well, I, well, I mean, I kind of ended up where I wanted to end up, so um, so I'm really pleased with that. You can't beat um, that, can you really? Yeah. So there's 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 not that much where you're going to go. Oh, mate, be careful because you're you're about to make a serious mistake here. Because I mean, I have made mistakes, obviously, but you know, I I learned from them and they aided to to you know me being who I am and and all that sort of stuff. Um, so stupid as it sounds, it's kind of like you know keep keep doing what you're doing. Keep, you know, keep going at it. Really? Sorry, that sounds very... No, you're not. I mean, it's that, <laughs> it's that thing around know that you can trust your your intuition and that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, well, well, it is It is to keep working at it. You know, um, don't get, give up. I mean, if it's something that you really want to do, um, pursue it and, and don't stop. Um, you know, that, and, that's and in a nutshell. I love that. And then it's kind of like, well, you know, as a 15-year-old, I, I was I was approaching that sort of mindset and, and stage. So, so yeah, if I if I was to go back to 15-year-old thing now, I'm going to go, yeah, do that and do it more, I suppose. Um, Perfect. And that's applicable for every 15-year-old that's out there now. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I was saying earlier, it's it's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a general 15-year-old, and um, I would say, you know, 
find that thing that drives you, find that thing that really switches you on. I mean, look at that chap I was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was, you know, to all intents and purposes, I mean, he was going nowhere in his, in his life and his career and stuff. And until he found that one thing that really drove him and really sparked him on. And so I would say to any 15 year old or, or younger, it's like, well, discover that, find, find out what that is and then go for it. You know, why, why stop and why, why let yourself be held back? Because if that's what you really want to do, then um, look for ways to achieve it in, in whatever way um, yeah. or shape that, that might happen. So I would definitely say that it's, it's find your, find your passion and pursue it. Find your thing. Mm. And, and have you heard, Pim, of the five second game rule? No, what? Sorry. <laughs> the five second game rule. I no, can tell I haven't. Because no. you're looking at me like, what are you talking about, Angela? But we're going to play it right oh, now. Okay, right. And I know that you're going to be fabulous at this. So I am going to ask you a question and you have got five seconds to give me three answers. Right. So there's a little bit of pressure here, Pim. Right. You've got to think on your feet. So right. are you ready? I guess so. Always ready. Okay. So in the five second game rule, I'd like you to give me three traits of a successful person. Uh, ambitious, driven, perfectionist. Fabulous. <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with you on the perfectionist front, but we'll take that. Um, and then um, in the five second game rule, can you give me three things that you're grateful for? Upbringing, um, support of the people around me. Oh, those are the two most important things. We're struggling with the third one now. Sunshine. Yeah, life in general, I think. Yeah. Pretty great. I love that, though. Upbringing and the support of the people around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't you can't do it all on your own. So, you know, there's there's people that, I mean, there's people that in my life that have been really hugely influential and been incredibly supportive and mm -hmm. without them, you, you wouldn't achieve it. So, you know, building up that network of people around you that support you can help you is super important. So uh, I'm definitely grateful for that. Mm, I love it. That's that's it's just exactly how I would describe it as well. And um, I think you've given us loads of different reasons why around this next killer question. But it is the one that we finish the podcast on. So I am going to ask you now, what do you believe is the ultimate secret to success? I think it's uh, that lies in what you believe success to be, um, because oh. I don't think there's. You shouldn't let other people determine what success is. If, if your ambition in life is to be an absolutely amazing dad for your kids and, and um, give them the best upbringing that they can possibly have, and as a result of that, you take whatever job you can get to pay the bills, which gives you flexible hours to bring up your child, and you do a fabulous job at that, then you're really successful, and you should celebrate that, and you should be happy with that. And whether other people think you're successful or not is irrelevant of that. Um, so it's really identifying what constitutes success for you um, and then achieve that. And I don't think you should let other people determine that because you can always find people that are more successful than you in, in whatever way you want to describe it. So it all boils down to what it is that makes you happy and that constitutes success for you and pursue that. Oh, I am okay. smiling out loud, Pim. I think that for me is like the ultimate answer to that question, that definition oh, of your own success. I mean, you know, if we could all do that, the world would be a happier place, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think love so. That. Yeah, it's actually interesting because I, I kind of have this a little bit from 
a social media point of view, and I, I don't want to get into sort of a massive debate, but um, there's there's a lot of negativity on social media, and a lot of people get affected by negative comments and all that sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure why people um, attach so much importance to that, because surely within your life you identify those people whose opinion matter and and you would work with them to make sure that they understand you and and that they think of you in the way that you would like them to think of you um so if there's lots of other people commenting that you've never heard of or you don't really know and they're being negative you know why would you let it affect you because really that doesn't matter to you you know if i mean if if you know if your mom is an important person and she thinks badly of, of you then it's been like well work on that because that's that's a big thing you should do something about that but if it's somebody that you don't really know or some keyboard warrior just making comment that you've never really come across or anything why why would you care and you know so and for me it, it comes back to well what constitutes success and, and happiness within your life and pursue that and and as part of that there will be people that matter to you um and so make sure that they think of you in a way that you would like them to think of you and mm. um, and vice versa so so yeah i think it very much comes down to to sort of yourself and your perception of who you want to be Totally. And that that kind of self-worth baseline, as I describe it. And often mm. if you've got a belief that you pin too much value on other people's opinion and seek out that validation in order to validate yourself, mm. that's where that comes from. But actually, as you say, defining success in your own eyes rather than that of your parents or other people or bosses, mm. teachers, etc., is the key to getting the freedom that you need and building up that self-worth baseline. So it's an absolutely amazing point that you make. And I'm so glad that we've finished the podcast on that one because I think it's a really inspiring thing for people to go away and think about. So thank you so much for giving me your time uh, this morning while we're on lockdown. I really appreciate it. It's been very insightful and inspiring and I'm sure lots of people will get a lot from it. So thank you very much. No, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. All right, you take care. Thank you. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. If you did, be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links. For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.